Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and in today's show Kelvin talks to Chris Johnson, Content Director of PerformanceIn.com about performance marketing, all coming up in Internet Marketing. Chris, um, performance marketing, um, kind of quite a, a big topic, quite a, a diverse topic, kind of a bit of a history kind of being known more as kind of affiliate marketing. Can you kind of just give us, I suppose, the, the real crash course in what is performance marketing, what it entails and, and kind of why it's so popular? Yeah, sure, Kelvin. Um, well, performance marketing has evolved um, mm. quite considerably. I mean, it's quite a, still a relatively new industry in comparison to um, your many other wider sort of digital channels and affiliate marketing grew around about 96, 97 when it start, just really took off. I think Amazon Affiliates was one of the first programs. Um, and what happened was um, at a time when Google was still quite um, easy to get on with and to be listed and all those sorts of things. So um, traffic was, was quite popular. Google took off. Um, and affiliate marketing was born uh, in the idea of um, in order to uh, – you had a website, you had content on it, or you were doing search or um, similar. And when you put through a traffic uh, to a retailer and made a purchase, they would um, the retailer would then use – a third party in order to pay you some commission uh, on that sale. So the the general basics of it is a performance-based marketing, we call it now, where it's the case of you have to perform, you have to um, do a certain thing uh, in order to be paid uh, or commissioned in that level. Mm. So that's kind of performance marketing at its basic mm. level. And I mean, some of the kind of biggest online brands kind of come from a performance marketing background, even if people aren't necessarily kind of familiar with kind of affiliates and performance marketing. Some of the biggest kind of retailers, in, particularly in the UK, but I suppose also in the States, are um, kind of, you know, monetized through um, affiliate marketing to some extent. Yeah, I mean, they all... Um the, the, at different stages of you know the cycle in the last 14, 15 years, they've all come on board at different times. But we're seeing now that um, the big brands are really taking on uh, the idea that performance performance based marketing is actually very uh, complementary to your ROI and you know to your marketing efforts. And uh, yeah, we're seeing more and more brands come every day. You've got the top blue chip companies in the UK. You've got um, sort of the 500 Inc. companies in, in the US, you know, there's, there's a good percentage, a very good percentage of them that are um, with performance programs uh, already, and I don't see any reason why that was going to slow down either. 
And so the ecosystem um, then, Chris, is kind of, you know, who are the, you know, in a kind of, a, I suppose, a typical performance marketing relationship, who are the kind of key people and kind of what, what do they do within those kind of roles? Yeah, so you've, we, um, we always uh, discuss it in sort of a four or five fold um, arena. You've got publishers uh, or affiliates as we're kind of, they're sort of not being renamed, but it's just uh, affiliates are starting to offer so much more than just, you know, a, an acquisition model. So um, they're kind of being known a bit more in the, in the publisher realm. So you've got your publishers, your advertisers, your brands. Um, then you have the third parties, um, whether that be a network, um, affiliate network, or uh, as is today, there are some third party solutions as well, which mm. um, allow advertisers to either run these programs in-house themselves um, or, like I say, run through a network. And then you've also got agencies as well who um, will either run the programs on advertisers' behalf. Um, they could also run in-house programs and they could also work quite well with networks. So yep. um, there's your four. And then you've got third, other third parties in terms of uh, whether you've got product feed um, mm. plugins and, and those sorts of things. So you've kind of got those five. Um, and it, it has all been working in a – it's kind of an ecosystem uh, in that um, it's quite – the industry is quite adoptive of technology. So if mm -hmm. new technologies come along, I mean, we're now we're looking at mobile, like, as, as is everyone else, but mm. um, adapting to, you know, an agile consumer, a consumer that moves across different devices, mm. um, using third parties in order to track them across that. Because the ultimate goal is that um, as a publisher, you're going to want to be rewarded for the sale that you generate or for the value that you add for that advertiser. Um, and those third parties help to track that solution. Mm. And I mean, I suppose historically the 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 kind of performance marketers have have often been used by brands because because of that agility is that kind of seeming to be the case with mobile as well because i think sometimes the reasons that affiliates have been able to do so well is because they're you know so quick to adapt to new technology potentially quicker than the brand so they can deliver traffic from sources bit perhaps in the past paid search display social advertising and now indeed mobile kind of that little bit quicker than sometimes internally brands can or at least in a different way to perhaps brands could yeah i mean uh, publishers affiliates have always been um, sort of the real entrepreneurs. It's very, it was a very much entrepreneurial industry. Um, in order to get started, there was an opportunity to, um, you know, to, to, to make money and, and to, to build a brand out of uh, a new industry. And they really took that on board and then innovated within. And it, it does tend to be that um, third parties will be created to support um, what publishers are trying to do. Um, the same with networks, you know, everyone in this industry tends to evolve around the publisher more often than not. There's a few times when that won't be the case, but um, generally the industry evolves because these publishers are so uh, entrepreneurial and are, mm. you know, creating new, uh, exciting ideas. And that's where mobile um, naturally fits um, and also things like data harnessing and personalization and mm. um, we're finding that they're, they're just getting so much more smarter with uh, what mm. they're doing now so they've always been doing it now it's just a case of, sort of tightening it and mm. um, really drilling down into uh, little changes that make big differences mm. Mm. and um, you know so you kind of within those you know those networks what are, you know kind of potentially because I suppose we've got two different audiences on the podcast here we've potentially um, got people who could be selling their products or services um, and use the affiliate channel to generate more business for them but we've also got people, potentially publishers who could be monetizing their website um, through these kind of commissions for those two different groups kind of um, and the agency typically sitting within them or if, if sorry the network sitting between them and if they don't have a network having a solution that to a certain extent mim mix uh, a network what's the kind of things that um the brand should be looking for in that kind of network and the uh, publishers be looking for from a network well i think there's a big range of of you know a certain amount of networks and mm. they offer different uh you know different usps i suppose so you've got mm. some networks that will focus on sme traffic mm. um 
networks that are you know across Europe as well. Um, some that focus on emerging markets as opposed to the you know the uh, um, the season markets. So um, there's a big difference in terms of where to look, I suppose, and which networks to choose with. You might find that if you're an advertiser, some and you're looking to start a program, some uh, networks uh, you, you might go dual network um, and go on one or more with different goals for each one. Um, you then automatically might then decide that you want to go in-house and take your uh, program, um, manage it in-house entirely and save on, on, on commissions. Uh, obviously, there's license fees and stuff associated with that. Um, and that's, I guess, where the agencies and, and you know, the affiliate manager role comes in because if, mm. if, you know, if you're not sure about it and you want some advice, um, then that's where these, these outsourced programs uh, managers come into play and, and they can help you to decipher what you really want mm. out of the program and how much you know, budget you're supposed to put behind it mm. um, and you know certain trials and, and, and different commissioning methods because there's so many different types of publishers that you can work with mm. you can work with content-based publishers you can work with uh, you know the voucher codes the cashback websites that drive you know the real big revenue but then if you work with the content publishers you can also gain additional value from um, a really you know uh, informed consumer when they come to your website and those sorts of things so mm. actually there's a, there's a real offering it's just a case of utilizing you know this ecosystem as we talked mm. about um, to a full extent and that affiliate manager that's a tricky role to kind of fulfill isn't it is there any kind of things particularly that you know that the people who because i think for many listeners that, that'd be a role that they'd be able to do very well what's the kind of things that makes for a good affiliate manager I think to be able to spot um, to spot the opportunities, to know what works, what doesn't, um, mm. to have to spend less time, you know, not wasting budget, but in terms of uh, testing budget, I suppose, in terms of working out what's going to work, mm. what isn't. Um, ultimately, you know, it's paid on a you know, performance basis. So um, going to affiliate managers and, and you know people who have a data resource, who have other programs that they're working with, they're going to be able to understand what demographic you're coming from as a business, mm -hmm. um, to understand uh, whether they've got any other clients that they work with or anyone else that they know that um, promotes your type of business uh, well, um, will then seek to work with them more closely. And, and then that, I think, is, uh, is why affiliate managers you know, still, um, to this day, uh, are doing well in the industry. Cool, cool. And uh, I mean, I know that... Um you know, so to kind of, I suppose, set the scene um, for you, Chris, you were kind of involved with Affiliates for You, um, which hosted, hosts the A4U events. And then recently you've kind of rebranded to Performance In and you have the, um, the, the event in the States that's um, branded as Performance Marketing. What's the big difference um, between the UK market and the US market in terms of kind of how the performance marketing space tends to operate? Sure. I mean, it's a good question that we've, um, since we launched our first one in March, it's been... Um, We've always had our sort of our toes in the water um, mm -hmm. over in the US, but it's the case of when deciding to launch over there. There's a few things that we found um, that were really important for us to to talk about during the agendas, and that was mm. um, one was definitely around regulation, um, which is one of the probably I don't, I talk about it a lot, but it's not something that. Um, it's not the be all and end all with the US. It's just that um, in the UK and Europe, we've got things like the IB Affiliate Marketing Council, which you know, 14 years or 10 years ago, they uh, managed to um, agree for the top 14 networks, I think, in the UK to actually become a self-regulated industry. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, now we can enforce things in, in the UK and Europe that we couldn't necessarily, that you can't really do in the US at this moment mm -hmm. in time. So things like voucher code, code of conducts, and all about how you promote mm -hmm. a code and, and give the user extra value and those sorts of things. So mm -hmm. the US is, um, they have the Performance Marketing Association and they're trying to regulate with that. Um, other than that, I mean, I wouldn't say they were too far behind in terms of uh, the general industry. I mean, mobile, I'm, I'm seeing some 
probably really better mobile apps coming out of the US, um, which are publisher focused. We're seeing a lot of American based publishers wanting to launch actually in the UK and Europe. So um, it, we're at a stage, I think, where expansion is kind of a, a big word for the industry now. And then whether you're looking to go across from the UK to the US or the other way around, and then the European audience as well, because you've got such a different um, level of market knowledges to, to, um, take advantage of and i think that's one reason that we're going to see a big sort of driving performance over this next couple of years it's because there's so much opportunity and then you can talk about things like asia and you can talk about australia and you can talk about um all these other markets that are really starting to take off as well and you know to what extent because i think that you know in many other marketing disciplines this whole idea of kind of being able to justify um kind of a cost per acquisition or a genuine return on investment um it's really kind of you know you know, kind of for myself, kind of coming perhaps from, you know, one foot in that world and a little bit in the kind of performance marketing world. It's like, you know, a lot of people within our space would love to have the kind of transparency of effectiveness that, um, you know, um, you know, the, the affiliate marketing world has. To what extent do you kind of see um, stuff like, um, you know, performance display and social media advertising, which certainly seems to be experimenting with a cost per acquisition or a cost per sale um, kind of model of costing of their advertising? Is that something that kind of is quite different um, in terms of to the kind of conventional um, performance marketing um, world? Well, I think how do you define conventional, I suppose, mm. is, is kind of the answer because it's it's such a... Like I say, we rebranded uh, about a month ago because uh, it's something that is not just acquisition focused anymore. So we're actually performance-based marketing. You could be looking at, yes, social media and display and search and social uh, email, um, but actually you're not just being paid on a cost per acquisition. It actually could be cost CPX modeling to a certain extent. It could be cost per like, cost per share. You might have a big uh, fan page on Facebook, um, which your brand and you're promoting an offer from, I don't know, Pizza Express or something. And then they're downloading the voucher, uh, one of your users, or they're liking that particular offer and you're getting paid on the cost per like basis. You know, these are things that um, are not, commonplace at the moment but we know they're in development and people have launched new things on that so there's cost per like share review uh, all those sorts of things that becomes then performance based because you are really moving not just acquisition based but performance and that's where the videos cost per views cost per downloads cost per installs i think it becomes you know scalable quite quickly when you think about it and i think that's the important thing there yeah, and, but with that though, that must mean that kind of everything should be headed in that direction. Is there any kind of reason why that would, you know, potentially take a little while, or why it's perhaps taking a little bit longer? Is it because um, too many marketing methods aren't quite as effective as they'd like to make believe make out that they are? Uh, well, I think that's still still to be uh, decided. I mean, we're mm. seeing a lot more case studies. Um, what we're seeing at the moment is is you know, customer journey focused. I think the fact that you can take online offline now to a certain level you've got your mobile you've got your agile consumers you've got um sort of a marketing model which is kind of converging into one almost Mm. which um and i think that's that's why we're seeing these new um these new ways of remunerating people is Mm. because uh there's a new way to market to consumers and also there's ultimately going to be new ways to you know to Mm. commission people on that as well um so yeah it's it's definitely an interesting time and i think it's it's not something that's been it's taken a while to get to the stage of where we're at as an industry but it's uh i think it's just more people are opening their eyes to the fact mm. that you know it's uh it's definitely a, 
a good investment you know, mm. to have in a player part of performance. Mm. And I know many people kind of um, listen to this podcast will perhaps have little side projects or, or little uh, businesses they're working on on the side that's kind of monetized in a kind of performance way, mm. potentially affiliate marketing. Any kind of advice to that kind of hobbyist affiliate to kind of, you know, there is this kind of very serious and burgeoning world of kind of more serious corporate um, affiliate marketing. Any kind of um, trickle-down advice from those bigger brands that would be useful to kind of someone who's maybe got a little hobby website that they monetize through um, the odd kind of affiliate link? I think if you've got a hobby and you've got a good affiliate website, I think you're, you're, you're in a very good place because, mm. um, like you say, write about what you know and, and always, uh, if you're passionate enough about it, then what you're writing and what you're, how you're writing about it, you know, should add value to anyone that mm. um, visits your website. And ultimately mm. then if you can, you know, then look at your visitors and then start drilling down a little bit into your traffic sources and then mm. how to monetize, then I think, you know, you stand yourself in good stead. But I think generically anyone that's with big brands or big publishers down to, you know, your smaller publishers, it's it's always a case of add value. That's the, mm. the big difference, I think, in this uh, day and age. You need to add value in order to be successful, in order to differentiate yourself, uh, you know, and to be you be a more of a shopping, you know, the start of a customer journey as opposed to, um, you know, trying to fight your way into it. Know, further down the line so um i think that's the biggest probably the biggest tip really for, for, for new uh, and you know hobbyist bloggers fantastic no that's uh, really really interesting chris and i know that kind of you know as performance in you've got kind of quite a lot of events and you know white papers and stuff planned over the next couple of months anything in particular that you're looking forward to that um, our listeners ought to kind of keep an eye open for yeah sure so i mean we've recently branded so check out performance.com which mm. is uh, our, our rebrand of Affiliates for You, which has been a long time coming. Mm. Um, so we cover, you know, news, performance marketing news across the seven or eight different channels mm. that we call them. Um, and then also we've got a few Expo uh, Europe, which is in Amsterdam on July 2nd and 3rd. And it's a two-day conference, which mm-hmm. is a content-led um, conference. So we have conference and exhibition and two parties. Uh, you're usually a seasoned speaker as well, <laughs> Kelvin, so you know what it's about. Yeah, um, But yeah, it's definitely one to attend. So if you're interested, uh, check out afuexpo.com slash Europe um, yeah no definitely I can't, I can't recommend them enough I mean in terms of kind of as a you know what I really like about the A4U Expos um, without blowing Chris's trumpet uh, um, <laughs> too much here is that like what, it kind of cuts really to the chase within the different specialisms so kind of the search track within A4U is you know one of the best search tracks even compared to some of the, the specialist search conferences and the same for paid search the same for kind of um, measurement and, and all that side of things as well so I always find that quite good and always good keynotes as well I remember seeing Rory Sutherland a little while back which is probably one of my favorite keynotes I've seen anywhere ever so yeah definitely worth recommending on that side of things I think you get a different you know um, you get a different range of attendees to one of our our events which you know like you say if it's search it's not just search people you're going to find content bloggers you're going to find email specialists you're going to find mobile specialists but they're all you know they're all there to uh, attend to network and Mm. new business at the same time trying to understand you know where they're at as an industry at the moment and how they can play a bigger part in it so it's actually quite a um a good stage for two days to come along and uh, yeah and the parties in amsterdam i can imagine might be quite fun to organize <laughs> as well we haven't announced it yet but it's gonna be uh <laughs> it, we, we have two and uh, the main one is in a very very cool location but it's uh, to be confirmed shortly <laughs> fantastic cool well thanks very much for that chris really appreciate that um hope you that gave everyone a real kind of good insight into the um the world of performance marketing and, and you know which many of us all know is affiliates but as chris suggested really seeming to head in a, an exciting and new direction based upon performance really enjoyed that chris thanks very much no worries kelvin cheers
Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.